All right, we're live. In Benny's garage. Where is Benny? I don't know, man. He's probably sleeping. All right. So I have with me Liam Kennedy. Want to introduce yourself? Hi. Hi, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Liam Kennedy, uh, the man formerly known as Chopper Chud. Formerly? You have a new name now? No, I'm still Chopper Chud. There you go. This <laughs> is weird doing this in person. So we're actually live in the studio tonight instead of doing it over the phone. Um, audio quality is probably still shit because I'm not an audio engineer, but uh, you guys listen anyway, so thank you for that. Um, we don't have any sponsors, and we never will, so... Roll right into it. That's what they all say. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see any need to upgrade anything. So, I don't, you know, fuck it, fuck it, run it, right? Run it, run Send it. it. Yeah. So, let, let's start out at the beginning um, with the motorcycle thing. And were you into motorcycles or photography first? Uh, definitely photography. Uh, I started photographing when I was. 14. I wouldn't even say I was started photographing. I was uh, filming skateboarding for a shop in Lafayette, Indiana called uh, Amused. And basically it was like, this rad little shop was like one third head shop, one third skate shop, and one third uh, vintage clothes shop because it was located on Purdue University's campus. So, and that's just how they had to pay the bills. Uh, so Larry, the guy who ran the shop, uh, super rad human being, he basically took me under his wing, and uh, so did Tyrone Taylor when it came to filming. And uh, I actually was had the opportunity to get a few of my few things that I filmed with a guy named Adrian Gephardt in one of Lurkville, Lurkville Skateboard's first video. So that's how I kind of got hooked in the whole media thing. And uh, so I've been skateboarding since I was five years old. I'm 26 now. Yeah. So it's been that's been my whole life. So when you guys were doing, or when you were doing those uh, videos, were you just, were you shooting Super 8, High 8, uh, No, I was VHS? shooting D DV tape. DV tape. I was filming on a, a VX, I was filming on a VX 2000. There's these mini tapes, uh, so the VX 1000 used the same kind of tapes. Um, and basically what I would have to do is I had uh, my regular camera, my VX 2000, I filmed that, I had some dinky fucking camera. I got it years before that, just like one of those home movie recorders that I'd put the tape into and I'd basically play it back and I'd use a firewire from like this, this like, you remember those Macs that they sold that were clear backs or whatever? Like the first home, one of the... Yeah, like, like a fishbowl kind of? Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. one of those off eBay for like 50 bucks and right. I made it run and I had a like a bootleg version of Final Cut, uh, Final Cut, Eight or on it, I think was the last one before they went, came out with that weird iMovie looking Final Cut, and uh, so did that uh, for a few years. And I learned how to edit all my own videos and everything, and I was, you know, and that was fucking that was fun, and that translated into a lot later when I moved to San Diego. So it was, it was good. So you started out with a digital workflow then. Uh, yeah, I never cut tape, never did anything, but I with photography I started out with a film. I did film school, film classes in high school, right? And so I got to learn that, and I was dog shit. <laughs> we had this assignment, and I don't know why this one sticks out to me, uh, where we had to photograph moving objects. I think it's ironic because that's what I do now. 
but I literally just stood on like one of those country highways on the sidewalk and I just stood there and I just snapped and I don't think a single one came out of focus. So that was fun. I had um oh, I had a Pentax K one thousand. That was my first camera. The classic first film camera. You know what's funny about Pentax is uh, when I was in photo class, um, I had this uh, Konica TC, um, I think it was a TC3 or something that my dad had found on trash day in uh, Blackhawk, California. You know, it was like spring cleaning and Blackhawk, I don't know if you know where Blackhawk is, but that's where like a lot of like professional athletes and media people live in the Bay Area. Okay. It's a real upscale gated community. And, uh, you know, my dad was a carpenter and he was doing work in there and he was driving through the neighborhood. And when they, like, when rich people throw out shit, it's crazy because they throw out, you know. Oh, yeah. They say the rich Goodwills are the best ones. Like, oh, you go to yeah. a Goodwill in a ski neighborhood, yeah. you can find a whole leather outfit probably for five bucks. Yeah. So, yeah, he had found that camera in the trash, you know. And there wasn't any internet, so you couldn't go and, and you know, look up cameras yet. And find out what they were and i just thought conica was some bullshit brand right. i didn't know what it was you know and and everybody in class had like nikons and pentaxes right and i was the only one with the conica so i was like man this is a shit camera you know and then uh, my girlfriend at the time tried to give me a, a pentax spotmatic and i was like this thing doesn't even have like an interchangeable lens it's got this bullshit thread on lens this thing's bullshit too you know like none of the gear was good enough and <laughs> My my photography sucked anyway. It didn't matter. But yeah, I definitely had like camera camera envy of, of people that had like the K one thousand and the A one and like you know the I mean, popular. They say there's cameras. two types of people. There's those that do and those that are gear nerds, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm a gear nerd. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> those who teach and those who teach gym. Right. But yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no photo class was was definitely a, an interesting experience. Um, you know, we all, I think, followed that same curriculum and had the same projects of, you know, like doing, like, photo montages. Shoot your name. You know, go out and find objects that look like letters in your name. <laughs> I didn't and, do that. Yeah, we did, that's actually, so I teach uh, film class or photography classes for people in the Navy. Uh, my job, my day job mm -hmm. is uh, I'm a mass communication specialist, so I photograph, do video and stuff like that. And right now I'm in a training department. And we, that's actually an assignment, and I hate giving up that assignment because I think it's the dumbest thing. But it helps people, and they all come back and they love it. Um, I think it's kind of right. I think I'm going to take that assignment on. And if you're a photographer listening, and you want to take that that assignment on and post it and tag us in it, that would be awesome. So yeah, all you photo nerds yeah, out there. send it to me. I'll post it on my story. <laughs> that would be fucking dope. I think spell, that's a know what, Don't spell your name. Just spell something funny. Yeah. Bad words, especially. Yeah. yeah you know. C word. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that. Couch. What's wrong with couch? <laughs> My couch doesn't pull out. That's the problem. <laughs> Just like me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I honestly didn't even think about photography until 2012. I, the only most I'd ever held was a K1000 bullshit, like, point and shoot lens. Or a point point and shoot camera, like, one of the ones where it like zooms out for you or like it comes out of the camera for you and it retracts and then it covers up. That's what I had. Yeah. Some yeah. of those are, are not like the Olympus uh, epic oh. zooms. Those things are rad though. Mine was, mine was yeah. shit. <laughs> mine was like a hundred dollars starter like Nikon one. The, the soccer mom camera. Which if you got it, use it. But 
if you don't got it, you got some better use that. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, use whatever you can find, but but keep looking because there's there's pretty stupid deals on really nice cameras. Yeah, I, I, you know. I would have thought thing about getting speaking of being a gear nerd. What's that? There's this company I'm not gonna name names yet because I don't want somebody no. There's this company and I can't remember what the name is right now, but they basically do um oh Kalari is the name of it. K O L A R I Kalari. And what they do is they take cameras and they will convert them to infrared. And different um, scales of infrared, like on digital cameras. On digital cameras, and they yeah. do it with like from point and shoot to your professional Nikon D eight hundred. That'd be kind of rad if you have like five yeah. like D or or you know. Oh, I'm thinking about getting just a point and shoot to like carry around my neck when I'm riding. Yeah. And then photograph and just see what comes of it. And they're not expensive at all. They're like under three hundred bucks. Nice. And you know, and that could I could just you know if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. I could find somebody else who would want to buy it off me. And, is it? But it's worth it's worth the risk. They also make filters and stuff like that that go in your lenses and whatnot. Right. I, th I think something like that with like a uh, like a D three hundred would be. Mm -hmm. like, you know, D three hundred is still a great camera. Um, you know, for the digital stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking for something that's more stuck at f eight at all right. times. So like something that I can just point and shoot. Like some of the best photos I've ever seen are off a of point and shoot because you don't really have to. You know, uh, it's not the program mode of it it's just the fact that it's made to be there in that situation right well yeah what I, I don't know what the nikon version of it but like canon did like the g series which is really you know because the problem with with the point and shoot cameras is the shutter lag um yeah you know because they're like the consumer end ones you press the button and, and we're used to that rapid you know as soon as i press the button that's you're the picking how much of a second that it's hitting <clears throat> right and i think that the shutter lag thing but i know that the like the g series and nikon had a similar range you know and, and they were great cameras i think doing infrared on that would be that's a that's a slick idea i'm not yeah. gonna steal it though don't worry <laughs> you heard it here for your fear for oh my god sorry i have a bad stutter sometimes yeah you heard it here first folks there you go yeah, yeah. so so let's start with the with, with the motorcycle so do you, do you still refer to your bike as the panty dropper i don't <laughs> i don't that was baby's first chopper name <laughs> Like, and like I'm not hating on anyone, but when I see people who first got into the motorcycles or chopper scene, because we've all been there, they want to have the craziest fucking paint with the craziest ideas, and it's like, they want to wow you from like 500 feet and not five feet away, you know? Like, right. nowadays, I'd rather go up next to a bike that has a single color paint job, and that's it. Like, I love those bikes, because they're simple. Right. You know, they put more thought into the function and form rather than just one or the other. You know, they didn't just put a cool tank on their, you know, basically stock Sportster. And not hating on Sportster or anybody, it's just a fact of what it is. My first bike was a 72 Ironhead with a matte black paint job. <laughs> you have red rims? No. It wasn't a bobber? I've always, hate, bobber I've always hated <laughs> the red rims with the white ball tires. I think it's just the most disgusting Look, I'm sorry, I just can never. It looks so good on Model A's and, you know, like. You know, I've been thinking about shit like that lately. About shit, like, because I've been deciding on a paint scheme for my bike recently. And I just see cars and I'm like, you know, that's a great looking color on that car. But that single stage paint job would look like shit on a bike. Right. 
because some of them are so flat, you know, cars, a lot of cars have the, you know, stamped out plastic sides that will give it the shadows just based on the sunlight hitting it. Mm-hmm. Motorcycles don't have, the curves are so much more extreme than a car's were. Right. Yeah, paint, paint's really, uh, you know, that's one of the things that, like, you notice when they show you, like, like, if you ever search paint on eBay, and they have that weird little spaceship car that they paint, you know, that's like yeah, a yeah, yeah. But that's a good representation because it is small, and it's got those curves, and it's really a lot closer to what it'd look like on a bike right. than if you saw, like, you know, like, something that looks good on a 57 Chevy. Right. You know, that may not translate Some things well. just don't translate. Right, you know. No. And then, yeah, like, tanks are so bulbous, and, and there's so much shadow, and, yeah. and how light hits it, you're right, you know. But that's just been one thing. And there's a few people that I've been either talking with on Instagram or I know in real life about uh, different ideas. Um, and I don't know, man. Like, some of them just get it. And it's cool to, like, see what they make of it. Like, one of the cleanest bikes out there right now, I think, is Al's. Is, uh, Al Fields' is, um, gray and green Evo. Yeah. The way that he built that and the details are on it are flawless. I was just, like, this is probably the dumbest thing to be amazed at on someone's bike, but the oil drain, how he did it, he just drilled a hole, tapped it, and he threaded a plug onto the other side of his oil bag uh, on the kickstand side. So when he just kicks his bike out, all he has to do is take that plug out, <laughs> and the oil just shoots right into the pan where he puts it, and you can plug it right up. No hoses, no mess, no funnel, nothing. Yeah. That's it. That's a which yeah, is well engineered. Yeah, and, and what's funny about Al is, is you know, like I don't know Al very well, but what I do know about him is that like if there's a way to make something easier, he's all about it. You know, what I mean, like he's just about shit that works and is like the easiest way possible. Even Function. if he's got to do a little bit more work up front, he knows it's going to save him yeah. time in the long run. Well, like you said to me, there's not there's only like three parts on his current bike that he couldn't go into a Harley dealership and get right now. That's insane. Definitely. Which makes you think like, okay, well, how can I get to that point? And he's just one example. There's a few other ones. There's Scotty Detweiler in California who builds some of the most beautiful bikes I think I've ever seen. Um, who else? I mean, you name them, they're all over the place. Right. You know, a few dudes down in North Carolina. They're they're everywhere. Corey up in, at Engine Frame, his shovelhead's insane, the one that I photographed for Dice. Yeah. That that shovelhead's tight. He's got a little stripper in the window neck. Yeah. That's tight. (laughs) No, the details on that one are pretty insane. Uh, sorry, I got the, the burps going. Um, I forgot where I was going with this derailed. Oh, so the that shovel head, I, and I know you're way more current on who's who in the zoo, but uh, that that shovel head with the dual mags that was at um, it was at a bunch of shows this year, but I, I saw it at Congregation, the, the black shovel with like the the kind of goldish thing and like the flip things were cast into the. Uh, well, I don't. I've never. I don't know. You don't know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, it's it's a shovel head. It's it's got like an upright. Man, we're in twenty nineteen. Everyone's got a shovel head with mags on it now. No, 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 no. This <laughs> one, this one, you would know. It's got dual magnetos. Oh, it's got dual magnetos on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not mag wheels, magnetos, and and you know, it's like all kind of. I don't want to say gold anodized, but it, you know, 
and and just the attention to detail. Oh, yeah, oh, you know oh, that's that's Reese Zilstra's chopper. Right. Yeah, his Evo. That no, he has an Evo that look that's gold with two mags on it. I don't think we're talking about the same bike. Though. Well, I can show you a picture of the one I'm talking. Probably about. got it from Reese Zilstra because Reese <laughs> built that bike like I'm not. I don't know if I'm right, but like 2016. Uh, I and think we're talking Reece, about yo, this bike was insane. It was like what I think started like the tough bike quote-unquote craze, but him and Curry, but I mean, a lot of these dudes that I look up to, I don't even know, and that's fine, like, I'd rather keep it that way a lot of the times, because, uh, like I say, never meet your heroes, like, I met, when I lived in Japan, um, I was, there was a few skateboarders that I hung out with, and they're like, yeah, we're going to Tokyo this weekend, like, we're gonna go see, uh, this photographer, uh, and, you know, he has an art show at uh, FTC, which is for the city, a, a skate shop that started out of San Francisco area. And I was like, cool, yeah. I went up, I like, I looked up his work. I was like, oh, shit. I've seen several of his works. Like, I love him. And I went to meet him, and the dude was a total dickhead. Yeah. I'm total always, dickhead. Always a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I And I will never support another one of his works because of that. But, like... I mean, people could say the same about me. People could say the same about you. We all are good at bad news, but, like, you know, I don't know. It's all people, I guess. Right. But. Um, so, is still, with, with uh, I kind of diverged there when we talked about the name yeah. of the bike. But yeah. when, you, when you, so you have the Ironhead, the 72 Ironhead, and then you started building the Big Twin. Uh, well, I didn't start building it. Okay, so um, let's start so, this one. So the Big Twin came about because I had gone to college. I was in college at uh, Syracuse University, and I got into that program through uh, the Navy. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Syracuse is the number one snowiest city in the United States. And I didn't own a garage. So I was like, well, I didn't have the money to pay for one. Um, so I was like, fuck it, I'll sell this bike. And this dude in Ohio saw it for sale. I think I sold it for 3200 bucks. He, uh, he drove there and picked it up and took it back. Um, and so I was looking around cause I still wanted to ride bikes and shit. So I was like, oh, I got a year. Like, let's see what I can make happen in a year. And, uh, I found this drivetrain. I th well, it was basically a roller with a all it didn't have was just a seat and a battery in it. It just seemed to be wired up. But it was the ugliest bike I've ever seen. It had like two 16-inch wheels on it. It was in this. It was in a Craftec rigid frame, which I kept. Had a five-speed, but it was an Evo Big Twin, because that's what I wanted. Like I didn't want to fuck with a shovel head, which were cool. But like I don't come from a mechanical background. My parents never taught me how to turn around. I had to learn all through this bullshit. And so I bought it. And I think I bought it for like 2500 And I shipped it out to Indiana for like 300 bucks. Um, and so like I got it super cheap. Super cheap. And I sent it to this, my buddy, uh, Rick Swadener, um, on out in Indiana. And for those of you who don't know too, uh, one of the guys who is really good friends with Rick, uh, was in People's Champ last year, Ben Jeff. He built that really cool uh, single down tube swing arm panhead. But a lot of the stuff that 
I've learned through motorcycles and that I think even was a lot of what Ben's learned too is from Rick. He's kind of like that grandfather figure out there. And he's not old enough and he's going to hate it if he hears this, but yeah, that dude, that dude rules. Rick rules. Um, and his Instagram for anyone who wants to see his stuff is Rick Swade. R-I-C-K-S-W-A-I-D. Yeah. Yeah, that dude rules. But he basically built the, he built that bike. So when, when you got into building that one, you know, and, and your bike has evolved a lot since then. And right now you're in the middle of a transformation to change even more. But <laughs> when you started out, though, you know, like you, you had a little bit of experience with the Ironhead. And, you know, when, when you built it, yeah. Um, what was what was the process for you, right? Like, you know, because my no. first build was so different because I didn't have as much, you know, like it was a lot harder to find ideas to build bikes. We didn't have as much to look at, if that makes sense. You know, we had I think I had the opposite problem. I had too much shit to look at. See, the thing is, I understand about fitment. I understand about what goes on what, you know. I think I bought a Springer from this dude. He told me that it would fit on a Harley. But I think he's just trying to get rid of it because it's definitely for a Triumph. Yeah. Right, and it was skinny and it would have broken under like my like the weight of my bike. Right. So like, the only thing cool I think I got out of you know that remains. Well, no, there was a lot of cool shit. Rick built this really cool fucking sissy bar, but I sold it unfortunately. Um, but the tank. The famous titty tank, <laughs> which, I'm which is right now, now which is now uh, decommissioned and forever rests on a wall. Sorry, it made it cross country. It, it's done its job. Uh, it beat the shit, and uh, no one's ever gonna get it. So that's staying on my walls. Um, but that and the engine, I just cool four speed in there for a while. But four speed and Evo just don't mix. In my opinion, shit lags too much. Um, but I had a 35 millimeter dual disc on the front, 1916 combo. But now it's got like, you know, an old Sportster front wheel that's laced at 21. It's got an 18 inch rear wheel on it. You know, it's completely different now, but tastes change. You know, it's like with art, clothing, anything else. Uh, I think you realize there's more function in certain things and form in others. And, um, you know, I'm not a fan of King Queens anymore. I think it's, uh, I don't know, I just don't like it too much. I'm more of a fan of Cobras. I think it's sleeker, cleaner. Um, there's a guy who builds Cobras in town, so it's a lot easier to get. Don't have to pay shipping. So, and, and you've worked with it before, so that's a, that's a good segue yeah. into that. Uh, so, you want to talk about River Seats at all? Uh, yeah, I like their seat. I like his seats a lot. Adam does great work. Um, I think like they are, but that goes back to the quality thing too. Like that dude's dissected in depth how like a Bates works, you know, like he really cares about the product that he puts out and that's why he's so successful. You know, not many people are, like a lot of people want to pump out a pot product, 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 you know, put it in your face. Rather than make a few things and see if people even like them, right. it's just expect you, you know, like, I don't know. He, he's, he does good shit. And just like any, I think there's a, it's like this weird 
cultural pocket of like motorcycles in this Hampton Roads area because it's notoriously like a industrial um, area. So there's this weird pocket of people who know a lot and have done a lot of motorcycles that you never know. Right. But like randomly meet dudes every day. They're like, oh, you know, I got a 50 whatever payment chopper in my garage. I'll come ride it out sometimes. Yeah. And I saw the craziest riser set. It's like reverse <laughs> heli snelling the risers on it and shit. I don't even know, man. Like, that shit's wild. No, there's definitely a lot of talent out here. And, you know, um, yeah, so, you know, when I first heard of you, it was through Chop Cole. And that was before we had met. And I think that, I'm not sure when you had moved here. I know it was a few years, and it was right around the same time that I think you had gotten started with Chop Cult that you had moved here? Or? Uh, I just did my first article for them in December of 2016. It was either December or, like, early winter months. I photographed the Appalachian Moto Jam. Their first year, uh, I was out there, and I got to meet a lot of really sick, rad people there. Um, a lot of the dudes I met ran a uh, race of gentlemen. Had no idea what that was at the time. I just went to my first year and it was, it was pretty cool. It's pretty gnarly to see dudes who work all year for that. But, um, it was even crazier to see these dudes race up the snow. Right. Like that shit is wild. No. Like, <laughs> like dudes on dirt bikes, putting spikes in their tires and like, Y'all can talk shit about how you ride so much, but like, dude, that's like another, that's like a stunt fact. That's a stunt factor right there. Like, that shit's insane. Uh, I saw dudes trying to do that with their choppers. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that I, I remember specifically, I think it was like a kick only sportster that was like, yeah. I was a hill climber. Shit, dude. Yeah, so that, that, dude like cool. <laughs> that dude got bucked so many times. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Like, I was like, that's so rad. It's like a run what you brought. And like, these guys just. You know, whatever it is that they have access to, they're converting to be, you know, yeah, somewhat manageable in the snow, some more Yo, successful than others. There's but. this dude I met who, weirdly enough, is from my hometown in Indiana. And that dude was riding, racing a fucking iron head up and was beating everybody. Yeah, I think his name's Kyle. That shit was wild, dude. Is that the one with the uh, black tank? He's got the red, white, and blue kind of like. No, 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 no. That's a that's a different dude. That swing arm bike that I put out. Yeah. What? That swing arm bike I just posted? No, I don't. No, it was an old one that I uh, saw from like one of the first years, but I don't remember you know. what it looked like. But I just know it was an Ironhead, and that dude was clapping cheeks. Right. But, um, yeah, dude. So that was the first thing that I did for Chop Cole. And then that's when I met our uh, buddy, um, Gantman, and he is no longer with us, unfortunately. Rest in peace, sweet angel. But he that's how I met him. This dude hit me up through a chocolate for him and was like, yeah, dude, let's ride. And him and his wife came out to my house in Virginia Beach. And I'm just like, they showed me all this crazy shit. That was really cool. And then he showed, yeah, we went and rode to like some breweries, and that was tight. Um, so I did like in that, that I met him I met you through him right and that was cool it was, we did like I was doing like little bike nights on Wednesdays until I went away to some schools and I was gone for like six months doing shit but yeah I was running bike nights every Wednesday for a while right yeah and it's hard to keep bike nights going in this area you know everybody's busy and yeah um, there's just a lot going on you know and everybody's spread out 
you know, it's the other thing. It's like we all live in the, in the same um, area. We got no excuses. If the boys in San Diego are doing it, we can do it too. We could. But, but whatever. <laughs> nice guys, but fuck them, dude. Right. Yeah. yeah. I got that I got that idea from my buddy Cliff, uh, which you all have probably seen on Instagram at some point. Uh, Cliff Fornia. That dude, I watched that dude wheelie a uh, moped a mile long. That's rad. Like, it shit's insane, dude. Like, uh, he can wheelie anything. He actually wheelied my iron head when I had it and had this super long girder on it. And uh, he had to stand on the, like, as far back as he could and try and pop the, the clutch so he could, like, try and got the wheel up. Right. Which only person I think has ever done that with that bike. So Tropco led to a lot of other stuff for you. Um, you know, that was kind of like your your intro into doing, you know, maybe not doing it, but other people seeing your work. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and since then, you know, like, I... This is kind of weird to do an interview because these are all things that I already know about you because we hang out and, and I know you fairly mm-hmm. well, you know, but, and people that are listening know us mostly, I think. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, you know, so, so what did that lead to? How did that, that whole, you know, I, I won't be well, cliche here and call it a journey, you know, that, that journey that you're on of being a, you know, a, Somebody yeah. that's not only involved in the motorcycles directly, but you're also representing the motorcycle culture and documenting it. Man, um, I wouldn't say I represent shit. Like, up until recently, like, I don't know. I I photograph things because I don't understand them. So, like, I don't understand how people can do certain things. Or, like, I look back at a lot of photos and I'm like, oh, I didn't even recognize this. I didn't realize this. So, they're, like, stop moments for me. But, like... Chopcold showed me that, like, Lisa at Chopcold showed me that, like, if you just ask, you will receive. That really was it. And she opened that door to, like, that policy where just hit people up and see what happens. Send them an email, shoot them a DM, and maybe something happens and maybe something doesn't, but what's the worst they could sell you? No. Like, you already had no in your head in the first place. So something, anything that happens beyond that is good. Right. So, like, it doesn't matter. So and that led me to like, you know, year two or three years later, like photographing constantly and, you know, just being around my friends and being able to photograph like uh, Dean Mistich at um, Dice Magazine randomly DMs me. And the reason I remember this is because I just had hip surgery this last year. It was around almost exactly a year ago. I just had hip surgery and I was fucked up on whatever, like, drugs they gave me. Like, I was out of my fucking mind. And um, I look at my phone, and I thought I was hallucinating because I had, like, a DM request, but it was from, like, Dice Magazine. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I thought they just, like, liked something on my story or what. They're like, hey, mate, we really like what you're doing. Will you work with us? I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, I thought it was, I had no idea that that would, and, like, Dean's a great guy. And, like, I really, like, the fact that he would give me an opportunity like that is, like, beyond words. Like, and that helped me, that credibility helped me to, um, well, one, a lot more people, I think, it, it helped me get my name out there. But, like, also, um, I met a lot of photographers that I look up to. Like, I've had the opportunities to talk to people I look up to and get into more places and see more people. Like, this year's been 
nuts for shows. And I don't think next year is going to be nuts for shows at all. I don't think I'm going to I don't really want to go to a whole lot of shows other than like Cheap Thrills and maybe a few others. But, you know, um, yeah, dude, it, it definitely, Job Cult is where I got my start, and that's always where I've gotten my start. And I really love Lisa for that. And if none of this pans out, then that's fine. But, like, anything Lisa needs, I got her. So. Right. <laughs> And, you know, like, I got, I, I did the forum thing early um, with, like, I was super, like, because, you know, like, we're both in the Navy, so you know how much downtime you have sometimes. And, oh, yeah. You know, I was doing the leading petty officer job where I was doing a lot of shit on the computer. And at that time, the jockey yeah, journal thing. Probably, the guy who's in charge doesn't really do a lot. No, it doesn't do shit. <laughs> so, you know, being on eBay and looking at chopper parts and being on jockey journal and, you know, like. I was a super, and I'm a fucking nerd anyway, but whatever it is I get into, I nerd out on it to the, to the extreme. But, you know, I, I know I annoyed a lot of fucking people on that forum. And, you know, it was kind of thing. on a forum, I annoyed them in real life. <laughs> there you go. Ugh. You know, and, and I did some of that too, you know, but I met a lot of rad people in San, you know, I was in San Diego at the time. Um, and, you know, I'm from California originally, but I moved to Southern California in the Navy. And there was a lot going on, and it was kind of the beginning of a lot of things. Uh, it was just that time frame, you know, of, of the early to mid-2000s before I moved to Virginia. And uh, so I was on Jockey Journal all the time, and, you know, people kind of would be like, oh, you know, they're paying attention to their post count, and if your post count was too high, if you're posting on the forum more than, like, once a day, you were kind of douchey, you know? And I was sitting on a desk for eight hours, so I was posting, you know, fucking 20 times a day, and, and people were salty about it, and... I was like, man, fuck this. And so when, when Chopco came out in the forum, I never got involved with the forum. You know, I'd go on there, but, you know, like, I had such a bad taste in my mouth because of shit that happened with Jockey Journal, especially towards the end. And then they got sold off, and it just got fucking stupid. And I had moved to Virginia. I didn't have a bike, you know, and, and that was all the time that Chopco started out. And I really feel like I missed out on that because, you know, the, the experience with Jockey Journal and the ham and all that had left such a bad taste in my mouth. But yeah, man, I never did Jockey Journal. Yeah. Sometimes we get rerouted the pages sometimes, but it just seems like a bunch of old dudes talking shit. Whereas yeah. you go on Instagram, it's just a bunch of young dudes talking shit. So right. you find your, find your, get in where you fit in. And, and yeah, that's kind of where, you know, like, there was the, the forums, and then there was MySpace, and then there's Facebook, and now there's Instagram. And, and now I think even, you know, like, you talk to younger people, like, Instagram's fucking for old people now. They're all on TikTok or whatever. You no, know? TikTok's a good marketing tool if you do videos. Like, all of it's good. Like, people can talk shit about social media all they want. But that's only if you find the negative shit about it. Like, for me, I found, I've made friends. I've traveled the country, done all that. And I've been had my ass saved multiple times with people on Instagram. Right. People I've never met before. Sometimes the kindness of a stranger is way better than anybody. Actually, man, sometimes so like, um, it, like it, it depends on what you're doing. Like, if you're just on there, like milling about trying to find like validation, you're gonna have a bad time. If you're on there trying to build a business, a brand, whatever the fuck you're trying to do, like, if you are honest with yourself about what you want to do and you're honest with your approach in it, then it'll probably turn out good for you, you know. I never. I don't know, it'd be cool. Like, I'm a photographer, so I want to promote that. Instagram's the easiest medium for me to do that. Absolutely. Like, I have a job to do here. 
and I'm out of the Navy in like two months. So hire me for your shit. But other than that, like I have, I have to somehow keep myself fed. Right. You know, and that is, you know, call it annoying, whatever you want. I used to post every day, sometimes twice a day. And I don't do that anymore because that shit gets annoying, right? Somebody starts clogging your feet or whatever. But so I notice it helps me if I just post once or twice, three times a week. What is that? Is that Ben? I think it was pine cones. Oh shit! It's a little bit stormy outside, so those who listen. But um, yeah, I think Instagram has helped me out a lot with jobs. Uh, funniest story is I put up one time. Hey, does anybody have a job that they want me to do? I'll photograph anything. This dude hits me up. He's like, Yeah, like we got some shows we need to photograph for this audio company. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, dude, like a guy. He's like, Could you go to Charlotte on a Monday night? I'm like. I get off work at two, but yeah, I could go and do that. He's like, all right, cool. Like, as long as you can be here by like six, it'll be good. And it worked out because the day before, that Sunday, Ben had broken down and uh, had to get, we left his bike in North Carolina. Yeah, his girlfriend Bill came to the rescue. <laughs> his girlfriend came to get him and I rode back and the next night we rode down. He went to get his bike. Well, the show that I ended up photographing was the Backstreet Boys. And I uh, never thought I'd find myself in a crowd of 14,000 screaming cougars, but <laughs> there I was. Uh, so that was cool. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, Instagram's done a lot of good for me, but I know for a lot of people it's, it's probably more toxic than it is good. Well, I'm not hating on it. I mean, when we started, you know, in the weeds, we never intended it to be an Instagram thing. And I kind of had, like, a, a failed T-shirt business that we thought – you know, Instagram was going to be our segue into into making sales and stuff, and it just didn't happen. You know, and so it, when we started in the weeds, it was kind of like anti-social media. Um, but you know, like it, it just—if if you're anti-something, it usually ends up, you know, not working out. For well, you. yeah, I mean, going against the grain is cool and all, but like, go against the grain on a free platform. Like, it's right. it's free. Yeah. People are there. People see you. And like, what's crazy about your platform too? What's great about In the Weeds is that you started honestly. You didn't. You weren't in anybody's face. You were just posting content, always posting shit, always posting bikes, no matter what it was. Whether there's something cool you saw, something you photographed, something somebody else photographed, um, and with interesting stories sometimes. And then like, now you're getting like now you your your spectrum has grown so much in just the last year that you've had it. Right. Which is insane. It is insane. And, and, you know, like we talked about Austin a little bit earlier. You know, like Austin's the reason we do any of this. Um, and that's something that I haven't really talked about, you know, on social media or definitely on the blog yet um, or even the, the podcast, you know. But when we started it, you know, it was me and Austin, and it was because of things that we didn't like that we saw other places and the way that. Oh, there's people a that created Austin at life. Oh man, yeah. And if you knew Austin, he didn't pull any punches. He he gave it to you straight, you know. But the way that that people that provide content are treated, you know, it's like it, it's one of those things that you know, being a photographer is you know is is not cheap, you right. know. And when we travel and when we do these things and like everybody's having a good time and we're working. You know, and I and I think about people like Nico and like Panhead Jim, you know, who are always working. 
Um, but here's they're having a good time and they enjoy it, right? right? But the thing is that we're working, and, and then well, people want our content for free. It's true, but the and, thing is, is like with Nico anyway. Nico is one of my really good homies. I love that dude. I look up to him a lot. Nick is one of probably one of the best photographers that I really know right now, and like it's crazy because what he does. It'll be morning time again. He's Dawn up patrol. before everybody. Dawn Patrol. He's on Dawn Patrol. Yeah, hashtag Dawn Patrol, baby. Yes. Yeah, he's up the Dawn Patrol, getting these crazy ass shots. Then he hangs out. He's kind of—I wouldn't say he's anti-social. He's kind of anti-social sometimes. He just hangs around with people that he likes. Yeah. You know, you get to know him. He's a really—he's a really amazing dude. Well, has a lot of insight. Um, and he goes against those shots. But he can make time for himself and the party as well. Right. Where you have different approaches. Whereas my approach is get as drunk as possible, get inside the pit, <laughs> photograph, and hope none of your gear gets broken. Right. You know, like, you know, but we have two different attitudes, and that's fine. Yeah. You know? But working with a camera can be so, even better than being part of the party. Because then they see a camera, a lot of people are going to do two things shy away from you or go up and start talking to you. Right. So at a party, that's probably one of the best things that you want because that is really where you can be like, yo, dude, don't try this. Like, you see that? You should light that on fire. Or like, right. you should do this. You see this noodle? You should start hitting people with it. <laughs> Shout out to Noodle Pat. But, you know, like. <clears throat> no, I think and that's, you know, like I said, when going back to, to the thing, because I really want to finish that thought, though, is that, you know, like, when we started this, it was kind of like a for us, by us, FUBU mentality that, like, fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. FUBU is the shit. <laughs> but that, that was the idea, though, is that, like, you know, nobody's going to edit our content except for us, mm-hmm. you know, and for better or worse, we're just documenting shit, you know, and we're, we've never worried about making money off of it or sponsoring, because that's not what this was about. It was just about straight documenting and, like, you know, you can't really rip yourself off, right? Right. But when you're providing, you know, when somebody takes your content without asking, or, you know, somebody's... <laughs> Shout out take, to Electron Carburetors. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out, but the fuck. <laughs> you know, and, and I've had that happen to me, and it sucks. But, you know, like, and I've got to really... I'm not going to name names on this one. Remind me about that. I want to go back to that. But, you know, to finish the thought out is that you know, like the content that, that we provide, we put a lot of work and a lot of money and time into. Mm-hmm. And when somebody just lifts it and puts it on their page, and then like you say something to them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, cool, I'll give you credit." But you know, the lifespan of a photo on Instagram is about five minutes. Yeah. And you know, they've got like you know six thousand likes in your photo, and then they go in and they add your name to it, and they're like, "Oh, photo by whatever." But it's already dead at that point. You know what I started you know? doing though? Is that the electron thing that started getting you like real? It started, like, it made me not look so good at some point, and it made me look really immature, which, sorry, guys, I'm still in my mid-20s, so I don't know what you want from me. But, like, um, it, it made me realize, like, I just started thanking them. Started thanking people, like, oh, you like my shit? Like, thank you for liking it enough to steal it. Right. Because then I know that somebody likes my shit. And so, that. so, a lot of the times now, like, I won't say anything... And if I do, I just send them a DM, be like, hey, man, like, just add credit, that's all I ask. Or, hey, man, if it's a company, I'm like, yo, can you just, like, throw some money my way? Like, I did work for that. Like, a lot of expenses went into that. And just, you know, real polite. And if they don't, if they tell me to go fuck myself, they're like, 
All right, dude, this isn't worth my time. Right. I was fucking like, you know, whatever. That's what I want to do. But then I, it, you know, it makes me appreciate the companies who do stand behind me that that much more. Right. So like, I mean, nice guys, but fuck them, dude. <laughs> Yeah, they're also a sponsor for our friend Stephen Bates. I'm sorry, Stephen. But fuck him. Dixie Anna he's, he's building that, and I talk about him all the time. I, I like to promote Stephen's such like a low key dude. Yeah. But no, his bike is crazy. Super crazy, and he is running electron carbs on that uh, that um, Virago, which is gonna be gnarly. <laughs> and they're sponsors, so shout out to Electron Carbs. <laughs> That's a rough segue. It is a rough segue. I don't know what to do with that. But no, I want to talk about, like, so So when I did the, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I did F-U-N-F-O, you know, which is, like, fucked up and freaked out. Nobody knew what the acronym meant. Nobody knew who the fuck I was. It was a terrible idea. But it was a great idea, and I learned a lot from it. But, you know, like, I did a lot of reposting on shit. I was going and digging up old photos, and, and I was reposting them, you know, and even to the point where I would go find old magazines and scan them and then repost them. And I'll never forget that, like, I, I put a lot of effort into that. And it's kind of bullshit, and that's why we went a different direction when we started in the weeds. But there was another T-shirt company, who I'm not going to name names, that has a way bigger following than I ever had that was, like, stealing shit from me and reposting it, right? And, yeah. like, even to the point, like, I would make a meme that I came up with on my own, and then they would repost that meme. I know a few companies like that. And I was so bummed out because I'm like, dude, you guys have like fucking, you have a K after your follower number, you know? And I'm yeah. like, I'm struggling at like well, 2,000. And you got like. They probably bought those. But, <laughs> well, know, like I said. That shit's wild. They, they straight up, you know, fucking stole my shit. And I was so bummed out on it because I was like, man. So. Like, like got me for my shit. I, you know, and it's a bit, you know, you feel petty about it. But at the same time, like. You're trying to build a brand. You're fucking working. Yeah. When somebody steals your work, but, it fucking pisses you off. Yeah, it pisses me off. But at the same time, I realized, too, that, like, one less thing to be angry about is probably one better thing for me in my book. Like, so I'm trying to take the high road in a lot of these situations and just not be angry at them anymore. Like, I don't know. It's not worth it to me anymore. I'd rather just be like, yeah, dude, you like it enough. Like, let's collapse. Right. Let, like... We'll figure something out. Yeah, I guess it's better to open doors than burn bridges, but... Well, sometimes, sometimes not. I'm a punk rocker. I'll fucking burn it all down. <laughs> like, yeah, burning it down is cool until you're, like, 15 alone. But, yeah, I'm like, getting there. I'm close. I'm yeah, on my way. Not quite yet, but we'll find out. <laughs> not over the hill yet, but... Yeah. Uh, Gonna yeah. be impressed. I don't know, man, but... I started listening to this podcast. Or this, not podcast, but this dude on Instagram... A lot named Gary V, and that dude's business sense is unparalleled. And just the stories that he has, and the things that happen to him, and the things he believes, yeah, like 60% of it's tight, the other 40%, take it or leave it. Right. But a lot of it, it's it, you take from it uh, basically essentially what you're going through, also. So you're trying to draw parallels. And like, his stuff is insane. Like, the, the, what, the businesses he's built, the things that he's done. And it's helped me to, well, be a better person. Like, he had this video that whenever somebody finds him, not through word of mouth, but without any sort of volition about who he is, pisses them off. Because he struck a nerve somewhere. Like, he had this video right. about Mondays. Like, Monday is just another day of the week. Like, you're just fucking mad 
because you got to go to your nine to five shitty job when you could quit at any time, but you have excuses. And I was like, man, fuck that. Like, he doesn't understand. Well, he's another rich guy. Until I found out this dude moved here as like immigrant and was right. stocking shelves in a wine store until he was like 20, 28. And if it weren't for the internet, he probably wouldn't exist. Right. So it's like, you know. Uh, and now I, I have the mentality that the same thing. It's like Mondays are just another day. If you're not doing something for yourself every single day, then you probably are fucking up. And yeah, like some things take get in the way, like having kids and, you know, military jobs. You know, there are some things that are more pertinent. But the truth still stands that, like, you should always be trying to do something for yourself. And if you're complaining about it, uh, most people don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear somebody complain. Right. They just want you to. Do something about it, you know? I mean, I'm guilty. I'm as guilty of complaining as the next person, but the amount that you do it and with the recognition like you have for it is a different story. You know? Yeah. Sorry, I'm sending a text here. Um, lining up another episode for y'all. So I'm pre-recording this one. Uh, this will get dropped next week. And then later on in the week, I've got another very special guest that I'm recording for, and you'll have to just wait and see who that is. I'll tell you offline. So, anyway, um, so we talked about that. So let's talk about what you've been doing lately. So the epic journey. (laughs) Can't wait to talk about this. Oh, God. So, I went to El Diablo Run, uh, for those of you who don't know, it is a motorcycle run sponsored by Biltwell, where they run from Temecula, California, to San Felipe, and Baja Sur, Mexico. Your boy went to fucking Mexico. <laughs> yes, we did. Your boy's like, Mexico? But, uh, yeah, so, went to Mexico, um, actually wasn't going to go, then I talked to Nico. And he's like, what do you got to lose? Fuck it, dude. You're only like, he's like, at the time I was talking, he was like, you're only 25. Fuck it, dude. Why not? You know, I turned 26 in March. And literally like fucking three weeks before the trip, I was talking to, um, I was was talking to Nick. And I'm like, fuck it, dude. I'll go. I'll go. He's like, well, I'm not going anymore. I'm like, what? I'm like, I want to go. Like, I was, he's like, well, talk to this dude, Willie. Uh, and I talked to this dude, Willie Jones, and Willie fucking rules. He's from Cincinnati originally. Um, we had a lot of mutual friends, so I hit him up. I was like, yo, can I come with you? He's like, yeah, me, Ethan, Bruce, and Mike are all going. Bruce, who I knew from Georgia, the first, uh, um, he was friends with all my homies uh, who do Georgia Grunge Run. Um, he and uh, I had already known Bruce a little bit. Uh, so I hit all of them up. I'm like, yo, dude, like, I want to go with you. And, you know, I think they were kind of iffy about it first because they knew that my bike wasn't really running. And I did whatever I could in my power. And a lot of people helped me out um, to get it running. And I fucking left for uh, for Ethan in South Carolina. And that's where I met him and Willie. And from there, we rode up and, uh, you know, partnered with the Haynes. Or we hung out with the Haynes a little bit. Um Great fucking dudes. I don't care what anyone says about them. Kurtz is... Nobody ever says anything about them. No, well, you know, yeah, you're true. But I, you can't let them get, get a big head, you know? Right. But, like, Kurtz is the body of a Greek god, so, I mean, ugh, those dudes, God bless. But, uh, so we hung out with them, and then we moved on our way up 
tried to go to the Elvis Museum, but they wanted way too much money, and we got there when it was closed. So you were down in Alabama, and then I went all the way up to Memphis? Fuck yeah, we did. <laughs> so you didn't even go to we went to Atlanta. We went to Atlanta. We had to go through Atlanta to get... Yo, we did three back-to-back 500-mile days. The longest we did was 545 miles in one day. I don't think I've ever been in more pain in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would get on the bike, I'm like, okay, after getting off, like, oh, this is great. Then 30 minutes later, my ass would be on fire again. Like, it was the world's greatest core workout. Yeah. Probably it's a lot of my fault for running high mids, but, man, you know, I run my mids off my engine, so. Yeah. Yeah, that vibration doesn't help either. I don't have rubbers on my pegs, so. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that shit. Yeah. So we got up to Memphis, and, and they were closed. They were closed. So we, went, we moved on from Memphis. Um, Did you guys go to Beale Street at all while you were there? We didn't. We were just. We went there. We ate. We literally were gassing, going a lot of the time. But we got to Arkansas, and yo, one of my favorite places to ride through is Arkansas. Arkansas. The Ozarks were insane. It was like a spiritual journey through the Ozarks. It was insane. Like the way that the roads were all curved and how everything played out was perfect. Um. Did suck though is I lost full use of my brakes for 50 miles. Uh, partially my fault. <laughs> um, the cotter pin fell out, and uh, yeah, that was a great time. So we rode to the nearest Harley Davidson, Kansas. So yeah, 50 miles on the highway at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> no brakes. Just was engine braking the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just sounding like, oh, dude, like, sounding like, like a fucking with a J brake. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a Peterbilt going through the fucking tunnel with a J brake, dude. And then um, we went from there through Kansas, which is the bane of my existence. We met up with Mike and Bruce in Kansas City. Uh, <coughs> Missouri side or Kansas side? Missouri side. Yeah. Met up with them in Missouri. And Missouri was tight. Got a lot of good help from this dude uh, named Bear out there. My, uh, I was running like this jerry-rigged uh, clutch setup, and it was because my push rod inside my clutch was too long. Uh, so he got me fixed up and on the road, and that was thanks to uh, my friend Morgan Perlin, who owns a jewelry company out there. Um, she got me, she put me up in a place to stay. She got me fed. Uh, she fucking took me out for drinks, and uh, I got to meet Bear. He got to see some this like one of the best shithole bars I've ever seen nearby. But yo, it was a masterpiece. I think that's yeah, that thing was insane. Sweet Kansas old, City, Missouri, right? Great Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, love that place. Um, and then uh, from there we went to Kansas, which I will forever hate because Morgan. I talked her into riding with me to my buddy's camps to my buddy's camp spots and she's like okay cool cool it was 35 degrees outside maybe colder and this is like middle of summer right dude it was april oh, okay it was april the week after we left was sitting in the 70s but we rode there and like we had to sit in a laundry room for 35 40 minutes because like we couldn't feel our hands like it, we got so cold that when they started warming back up again it hurt right so that was shitty then it took forever for me to start my bike as per usual and then we moved on from there moved across Kansas and made good made shitty time through Kansas because it was raining and cold and 
I think I was wearing every layer of my bag <laughs> the whole way through there. And then um, made it to, uh, I think it was cold pretty much up until we got inside the city limits of uh, Phoenix. That's a long way. Yeah. <laughs> but New Mexico was worth it. New Mexico was gorgeous. Adalberto's burritos is, might be better than anything I've ever ate in San Diego. Oh, man. Yeah. It's tall a, order. <laughs> tall order, but Adalberto's, dog, like, if you don't know, you don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, I don't know. I was supposed to actually go to the first El Diablo run. Um, I was in San Diego at the time, and I couldn't get out of duty, so I missed out on it. Uh, I'm still bummed about that because, you know, you hear about that still. People still talk about the first one. You know, in everyone's sense, and I think everybody that's ever done El Dabble Run talks about it like, you know, if, if there's, it, it's such a, just one of those things it's that. It's magic. Well, and like I said, I'm talking about from somebody that hasn't done it yet, but has wanted to do it since the first one. And, you know, especially being on the East Coast now where, you know, just getting across country is one thing, and then getting all the way down to the tip of Baja is another. Oh, that shit's easy, dog. That's a fucking... You know, that's one gas stop. Right. It's one gas stop. Well, yeah. 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 It seems daunting. Take it there. It's super daunting. Like, when I wanted to do it, I had a 78 Ironhead that broke down all the time, and I always was able to get it back on the road, and I never got stranded, but, you know, like, it was just, I mean, that was a different time for me. I heard right. some crazy shit. Some people have some horror stories from going to El Diablo Run. Luckily, nothing bad happened for us. No, I mean, I think that everyone, I don't, I don't know anybody that hasn't made it out alive yet. Some people almost <laughs> made it out without their bikes, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like. You know, and the thing about being, I've been to Mexico a bunch of times, and, and, you know, I'm not scared about Mexico. Rule of thumb, anywhere you go, anywhere in the world, and, you know, being in the Navy for 21 years, and, and you've done the Navy thing, you know, that if you're not an asshole, you, you're all right. You know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes bad shit happens to good people, but for the most part, if you're not an asshole, you'll be fine. You know, and if it's yeah. your time, it's your time. Right? And that can happen anywhere. That yeah. can happen in, in say say the Virginia few Beach. phrases of say the few phrases of their language that you know, and it'll go a long way. Right. But, and, uh, and don't say pinche de mayo. No, that attitude. No. But uh, <laughs> no, we we met these dudes in Arizona on their way there. Uh, it's dude Dirty Joe and his homies. Uh, Mike had a blown out battery, and we didn't know what to do. We didn't know our way around. It was out in Yuma. And he knew exactly where the nearest Walmart was, knew exactly what we needed to do. So I, I sped out. Mike gave us some money, and we sped out with him. Uh, yo, we were going like 95 the whole way. That shit was insane. Like, him on his sporty, which he claims to have never done anything to, which I don't believe because he drag races him. Yeah. Uh, That's old drag races lie right there. Yeah, That's yeah. a stock bike. Yeah, it's a stock bike. <laughs> we only polish the gears. But, uh... No, Dirty Joe and all them, man, they're some good fucking dudes. And uh, they helped us out, got us what we needed, and, you know, we got back on the road. Uh, but we hung out with them all the way through El Diablo Run, and uh, Joe knew all the people we needed to hang out with, and he really, he hooked it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the cool thing about, you know, when you do chopper things, is that even if you go out by yourself and you don't know anybody, you're going to meet people. They're going to help you out. Yeah. You know, you're not going to die on the side of the road by yourself, alone, you know, there's always, yeah. somehow the road always takes care there of There was one time I thought we were going to die on our way back, but anyway, on the way to California, I, I left a day early, 
I left on Sunday night. Everyone else left on Monday because I want to go hang out with my homies Cliff and the nobodies out in uh, San Diego. But I got stuck at the casino on the way up there. Which one? Uh, Golden Acorn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gold I got Acorn. stuck in Golden I Acorn because Acorn. it was 30 degrees and with 40-mile-hour winds and snowing Going in May. Pass, right? It was snowing in May in San Diego County. Yeah, that's the Cajon Pass right there. Yeah. It's gnarly. Yo, I lost a glove up there. Oh, man. Nothing could save me. Um, and funny thing enough is that dude, Bear, I didn't have a leather jacket. I, I don't own any leathers because um, I never thought about it. And Bear gave me his first leather jacket when he was 17 when he was on that trip. That's right. So I had that old time with me the whole fucking way. That shit was... He saved me a few times with that thing. Um, good leather makes a huge difference. And so I, I had that on. But other than that, like I walked in this casino looking like a mess. Like my hair was all frazzled. I was like red-faced as fuck. <laughs> uh, shaking real bad. Like, they probably, I guess San Diego, they probably thought I was a tweaker who somehow made it up the mountain. Like, um, so Cliff came and got me. He was like, oh, you, only, you were so close. You're only like, he was like, you're only 30 minutes away. And um, I, I couldn't believe that I was, uh, <laughs> that I didn't make it. We'll pause right here. Yeah, keep talking. I don't know that you got to keep it rolling. Got to keep it rolling? Got to keep it rolling. I'm the uh, end. Okay. Um. But yeah, so that sucked, but that, and I think I got Montezuma's Revenge for a day. Before you got to Mexico. Dude, I don't know what it was. I did drink one of the coconuts, and for anyone who knows there, like, those ladies recycle the shit out of them no matter what you've done to them. Like, Cliff fucking was telling me the year before he, or the two years before he went there, one of the, he was like lighting them on fire and shit, throwing around the beach, and the ladies were still collecting them and putting drinks in them. So, I don't know, maybe I drank something I shouldn't have, but it all hit me at brunch. So, I was in, yeah, I was MIA for about an hour on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, there's a funny photo of me and this dude in uh, this dude Caruso's garage, and uh, it just like his home garage, and all you can see are my feet sticking out of the garage because <laughs> I'm just. I'm like laying on this inflatable Hulk Hogan, <laughs> like float. <laughs> so, so you've done the cross country thing before, and I know we've been talking about doing it again this summer. I don't want to do too much about that right now. But lessons learned, you know, if you're going to give somebody advice about their first cross country road trip on a motorcycle, whether that be a chopper or a stock bike or whatever, yeah. uh, what advice do you have for them? What gear can you recommend that you use personally? I would recommend a full face helmet because you don't want to be like my boys who are rocking their sweet Joe Kings and had to electrical tape their <laughs> their visors to them so they wouldn't rattle around or fly off. Uh, I recommend a good set of leathers, both leather pants and leather jacket. Um, know how to wire your bike because I didn't and that left me fucked for six hours. Um, I don't know how good working knowledge of your bike. Or else your homies will suffer, which mine definitely did, and they taught me a lot, which was nice. But not everyone's so forgiving. Um, and I don't know. Don't take everything so seriously. It's it, it's good because you have all that time in your head, but it's also bad because you have all that time in your head. Right. You get to think about a lot of shit. So when um, you're when you're packing out, it. right? Like, and you know, you're packing your bag. 
what are, you know, besides what you mentioned already, like what other essentials do you think people might not think about? Like, you know, I mean. Man, I got rid of a lot of shit along the way. So you brought too much shit. I, you always bring too much shit. So like, I wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought the opposite. Oh, no, like, you always Because I know for me, and, and again, I don't do, I haven't done a very long trip like that, but it seems like, like the one tool I didn't pack is the one tool that I end up needing. Oh, uh, well, yeah, there's that. But I mean, like, you know, I was with four other people. Like, we were all bound to have the shit that everyone needed. But like, um, oh, fuck. I don't know, man. I'm trying to, Trying to think. I I definitely I don't know. Rain gear I could take or leave because you're just gonna get wet either way. And even with rain gear, you get wet underneath it. Yeah, exactly. Sucks. I don't pack rain um, gear. Um, even when I had a bag right now, socks and underwear are key. Right. I was changing my socks every day. Changing my underwear every. Like every two days, like I would, I bring like spandex underwear because yeah. they breathe better, and you don't, they don't get soggy and shit. They don't go from being boxer briefs to straight boxers, you know. You know so what's like, even better than that? Commando. And you'd be surprised, dude. Actually, it's funny you say that because that's a good way to get a fucking rash. Oh man, a sweat rash. A monkey butt. Monkey butt. Monkey. Yeah, it's a good way to get monkey butt. What about so, monkey butt powder? You ever tried monkey butt powder? I have not. I'm not going to endorse monkey butt powder. I've never tried it. I had a pocket. I have a packet of it in my pants. But it you exploded. Got yeah, it exploded <laughs> in my pants. My pocket was blue. Um, but there's that. Uh, I I definitely brought way too many shirts. Yeah. You know? Um, I would only bring like two or three shirts on the next one. Uh, and then, like, two pairs of pants. Um, I was really lucky to have been given a pair of pants by tobacco. I felt a lot safer the whole time. And for those of you who don't know, tobacco makes, like, Kevlar-lined pants. So when Willie and Bruce almost got smoked by a grandma in Kansas, um, they would have been fine if they had they been wearing... Well, Willie was wearing tobaccos, actually. <laughs> yeah. So he was wearing some jeans, but... One of their jeans, they gave me their workman pants, but like shit, dude. Those things kept me warm too. Those things are heavy. How are they in the heat? They're good. Yeah. Yeah, they breathe. I wore them the whole time I was in Mexico. I mean, they're like any pant. You sweat too much of them, it kind of sucks. But like, right. I mean, they're quality. They do stretch out though. So if you ever get a pair, they do stretch out. Yeah. Um, how, how do the sizes run on those? Because that's one of those things you don't really get tried on. They, they, he says that. They run a little, well, if you don't leave the house with them, you can say, oh, well, they're not, you know. I would get true to size. I would get true to size next time. Right. Yeah. Like, I know I'm a 32. I got a 33. It stretched out too much. Right. I took him to a seamstress, and she's hemmed him in. Right. Which is fine. Um, yeah. So, you know, them, Chop Ahead gave me some gloves to use, and those things are fucking amazing in the summertime. Once they break in... Dude, they're like butter on your hands. It's nuts. Are you still rocking those, or are they? Uh... Fuck yeah, I'm still rocking those. Yeah. Well, dog, my friend Alex's dog. Uh, one of I don't even know what kind of dog it is, but his name is Little Dog. And the dude, I love him to death, but he's a fucking monster. He ate one of my gloves. <laughs> Dogs love deer skin, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Mm. Not I. But, uh, 
so yeah, a lot of good homies along the way. And then on the way back, we were uh, we were gonna ride back, but a lot of us were cutting with close air timelines, and there's also like threats of like tornadoes in Texas and all sorts of crazy like godlike weather. So we rented a U-Haul and we drove to Oklahoma City. So Mike and I slept in the back of the U-Haul box truck. Nice. While our, our boys hot boxed in the front. And um, we uh, and then we got there and we all switched out, got our own truck, and uh, yeah, I went through the entire state of Texas in the back of a box truck. How was that? Honestly, nice. nice. I just slept <laughs> the whole way, dude. Yeah, I was drinking beer in the back, hanging yeah. out. Mike was watching movies on his phone. Yeah, because we all had like our charge packs, so we were good. Yeah. But yeah, dude. So that was a good time. Made it back. Actually, it's funny because I went to go stay with my friend Jackie in uh, South Carolina. So Ethan and Willie dropped, went down to New Orleans, but they dropped me off uh, a little bit north because I wanted to go see Jackie. And I wanted to be a little bit closer to Virginia. Would have liked to go see what, what they were up to, but, you know, it was that point of the trip where I kind of had to separate from everybody. And... Um, I, they dropped me off, and I rode to uh, Birmingham. I was gonna go stay with the Haynes, but like by the time I got there, dude, like I was seeing shit on the roads. Like I, she came and we, uh, uh, I rode back up to her neck of the woods in South Carolina. She came and grabbed me. She took me to Atlanta. We got my bike fixed up, and then uh, so still having some issues with stuff. My trans came misaligned, all sorts of weird shit, and. Uh, Rode back up, got to her place, stayed there for a day or two, just relaxed, and got to see the sights uh, that beautiful South Carolina has to offer, and then got back to Norfolk the day I had to be back to work. I got back at 5 a.m., um, I got in the shower, I ate some breakfast, and I went back to work at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent 30 whole days on the road. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we had a crazy summer after that. <laughs> that was just the beginning, right? <laughs> My ass still hurts. Yeah. So total, how many miles did you put on the Evo last last year, roughly? Roughly between ten and twelve thousand miles in since April. Yeah. And and I know when we were coming back from the Grundle. You know, we ran into that one crazy wing that did with the, uh, you had that, what was it, a Plymouth? Or Man, whatever. fuck that guy. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you should that take better looked, care of that bike. That, that thing's beautiful. That, that thing looked like somebody, some steampunk jerked off onto somebody's fucking, like, PT Cruiser. Like, yeah. dude, he came up to me and he was like, Man, that bike's great, but you need to know one thing about your bike. I'm like, what? He's like, you need to clean it. I'm like, what? You need to clean that fucking thing. Son, dude, have you taken a look at your car? Dude, man, still fuck that guy. That's funny, because you're like a wingnut magnet, man. Everywhere we go, you know, like, it doesn't matter who's with us, who's in the group, who's fucking crazy bike. You could be parked next to fucking dude, Zach's why do weird crazy people? pink floppy death, and they're going to beeline to you and fucking talk to you about your bike, you know? No, they're not even talking to me about the bike. They're telling me about some weird, weird shit, shit I don't yeah, want to hear yeah. about. Like... I don't know why. Like, ask Ben, like, crazy people at this gas station were 
fucking stop that. People kept coming up to me the whole time. Right. I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> Wing that magnet, man. Some people just attract them. I don't know what it is. It's the red hair, baby. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's being a ginger. It's so, like, what? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's like, it was like that on the way to Lowbrow get down, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, West Virginia? Uh, Ohio. Ohio? Nelson Ledge's quarry. <laughs> No, I meant like not, I know where where Lobo. Oh no, no, Ohio's Ohio's just as weird. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was funny because I um partook too much in a party the first night, so I was a little pale the next day, and I like couldn't. It was like at that point where I couldn't like even smell food, or else I puked. So we went to this little diner, and I swear they thought I was shooting up heroin in there or something. Like, because I was like skinny and frail and just pale faced white. And, like, I fell asleep in the bathroom, <laughs> like, sitting on the floor trying to puke. <laughs> oh, man. Like, feet sticking out from underneath the stall and everything. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about Grundle a little bit so we can give a shout-out to Long Brothers. My boys! I know, Cody uh, and Ron, all of them. Yeah, I love them. I've, met, I've known them for a few years. I know, yeah, I've known them for about three years. Yeah. Yeah. Met them at the first congregation. Yeah, I had nowhere to stay, and this dude was a uh, one of one of our buddies was offering up a place for everyone to stay uh, at uh, like somebody's field about 30, 40 minutes away, and I just rode there. I knew nobody. I didn't even know how to work on my bike. I don't even think. I think I brought like. A bag full of tools. Like I wouldn't have been able to fix my bike if I tried. And uh, I just sent it. Got there uh, and hung out with. Yeah, the first thing I did when I rode up is, "Hey man, you want a beer?" Cody came over. Yeah. Big old fucking fucking backwoods looking redhead dude <laughs> came up to me, and uh, <coughs> that's a good dude. I oh man, I love Cody to death. Him and Lena, like greatest people ever. I just love staying with them whenever I go. Whenever I go, him and Ron, him, Lena and Ron, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So Grunder Run was a great time. How many uh, chopper events you know with a water slide at it? Right. Yeah, dude, that shit was saving people. Oh, I never. No, I didn't even get a chance to get the water slide. I was overheating at one point. I got on the water slide. Well, rather, I was sitting at the top. And uh, uh, Kurtz and Nick Haynes were up there, and Kurtz pulls down my underwear. He pantses me, so I'm grabbing my nuts, and, and fucking Nick kicks me down the slide so I can sit down the water slide head first and eat shit in the middle and bounce off of it right into the water. Oh, oh Full, into the swamp? No, 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 not into the oh. swamp. Into the, might as well have been swamp water, but like... <laughs> Full cheeks showing. Nice. Yeah, dude. I missed, you know, it's, it's funny because I, like, the Grundle, if you haven't been, I think that is one of, like, that's one of those can't miss events because you can't see it all. Like, you, there's so much going on and everybody's having such a good time that you're going to miss something. You yeah. Know? And I was so bummed because, like, I, I missed some of the waterside stuff because I was somewhere else. And then, you know, when everybody rode choppers to the lake, because uh, Lake Carter's right there. Yeah. Um, and I got a staph infection from possibly Lake Carter. So just, you know, when it's warm, might want to be careful. But uh, did you uh, did you see the fight? 
yeah, I wasn't gonna bring that up, but I oh, that was tight. Though. I definitely saw well, that. Well, like, <laughs> see, you know, just you just come prepared, right? You know, don't be when, an asshole. I mean, rule number one: don't be an asshole. No, it's not even that. It's just, I just find it so funny that that dude found his appropriate time was to try and find to fight somebody <laughs> was during the wrestling event with everyone's amp. Oh, we were so like, hyped. Man. No, that made. Honestly, that made the wrestling that much better. Like, it fucking stoked the fire. Well, I, and the whole thing, you know, because uh, that other guy, I don't remember his name, but when he went in the ring and the wrestler went after him, you know, because he, like, the coach, or not the coach, but the ref was a young kid. Uh, yeah, he was trying to, like, chase him down. And he's, like, right. running away from him. And, and you know, and, and like, Meeks. That was Meeks who was, no, like, it wasn't. it wasn't Meeks? No, it was uh, the guy with the, with the uh, FLH in the... Hit the bangs. Um, mm. Look like like you know Blue Oyster Coin rock rock star guy. Um, I can't remember Skin, his name. Short guy. He wasn't really well. I mean, I'm kind of tall, All so right. I was a little bit shorter. But he was you know thin framed, and he was off the ropes. I have a picture of him coming off the ropes, right? And then the coach came or the ref came out, and uh, well, not not Tennessee Kyle. No, 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 no. I mean Florida Kyle. Maybe, um, but you know. And shit got hairy, right? And then, like, everybody's adrenaline's pumping, and, like, you know, the refs and the, and the wrestlers and, like, the bikers are all going at it. And, like, I jump up in the ring, and, like, the wrestlers try to fight me, and shit's all crazy. And then Gorgeous George comes up. <laughs> and just, like, He's you like, know, Jesus. Right. Resurrected from the ashes. Body slams the dude, and, like, you know, gets up on the ropes, <laughs> and he's like, ah. Oh. And I was like, fuck, was this all fake the whole time? Yeah. Like, the, the line of what was fake and what was real got so fucking blurred. Oh, yeah. Everybody was. So those dudes are so it. good. Those dudes are so good at being fake angry, but but they were real angry though. Like, oh, I know. Parts of it was real, and parts of it was you know oh, like I oh, think George I had a little bit of that plan. Yeah, but it was so awesome, and it was one of those things. Like afterwards, I was like, "Fuck, man!" I just like, I just totally like got sucked into the thing about wrestling when like you forget that. I mean, wrestling's entertainment. We all know that. What if? What if we're fake? And wrestling is real. Uh, and they're probably more real than I am. I ain't gonna lie. You know, like, those dudes were, were getting after it and fucking bleeding up on the fucking... There was so much blood when they got the... Uh, well, yeah, the, it's because they were skin slamming each other into top fires or tables of fire and Legos. Right. The Legos. With, with fucking halogen lights. Like. Right, that's what it was. It was those light bulbs. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and... Man, that shit was, was rad. Like, I, Grundle, I, that was probably the best time I had uh, all summer, you know, and, and it was cool that I had photographed it and I had shot like 20 rolls of film and, you know, and I captured a lot of it and I, I put that book out, um, you know, it was, it was awesome. And that was one of those things, because the year before I had just done a drive-by, I'd gotten there on Friday night and I dropped off some shirts that I'd screened for George and then I had to leave and go pick my son up in Florida. So I didn't really get experience the Grundle for the year before. You know, this time I got to actually ride down there, ride with my homies, fucking, and then I made so many friends, and, you know, and it's led to a lot of other things since then, you know, so I definitely want to, you know, give props. The Grundle is a great event. Um, it's a great area. The riding out there is super fun, um, you know, and it's a good time. So if you're in the area, you know, and, and even if you've got to ride a little bit, it is definitely worth the ride out. To, oh, the ride's beautiful out there. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Uh, and you're not far from Atlanta, you know. Um, so you're kind of in that region if you know where that is. But Ranger, Georgia, look it up. 
make plans to go next year. Also, what Ben and I did on the way out, we went to the Sasquatch Museum. There's a museum? Yo, there's, it's only run by people who legitimately believe in Sasquatch, too. Well, they're real. Dude. No, they have, it's crazy. You go in there, and there's one part, like, they show you a whole video. Like, it's like as if you went to the Smithsonian for Sasquatch. Like, you go into one of these rooms, and they have headphones you can put on to hear different noises that Sasquatches make. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're real, unreal, dude. I, I don't know. After that, I was like, damn, maybe they are a little real. Hey, I come from Northern California, man. But like that shit's real. I, I believe. I don't care what anybody says. The redwoods are fucking big. There's enough room for Sasquatches to hang out. I definitely think that about the Blue Ridge and the Appalachians and Smoky Mountains. There's places that fucking Sasquatches could live. I believe in that shit. You know, like Cooper Chabra, maybe. The government's going to try and cover it up like they did aliens. Did you hear about the dude who got arrested for, like, kidnapping people and then probing them? <laughs> dressing up like an alien and, like, anally probing them? Like, no, this is a legitimate story. Oh, my God. The FBI recently arrested a guy who was dressing up like an alien and kidnapping people and then, like, sedating them and anally probing them and, like, saying that they got kidnapped under a starship. So, like... I hope the government comes out with another thing like that, but for Sasquatch. <laughs> I can't even talk about it so hard. So I'm, I'm, I almost, I almost missed on this one. I'm glad you brought that up. So your license plate, <laughs> flat Earth. Flat Earth. <laughs> Nobody talks about that anymore. You know, it was one of those things for a minute that everybody was like, they did that documentary and everybody's talking about it. And then, you know, there's Epstein that didn't kill himself. Well, it's funny because... That was Baby Yoda. Nobody cares yeah. about Epstein now. It's all about Baby Yoda. No. Uh, well, you know, Kirk and Jeffrey Epstein definitely didn't kill themselves. But, you know, I think Courtney, Courtney Love did both. Yeah? But, yeah, why not? It's a well, good fan theory. Yeah. But, uh... I'm with that. Yeah, Baby Yoda's a sign of the times. But no, Flat Earth, I think it's funny. I don't actually believe the Earth is flat. So, gravity, right? Can you figure out how the fuck gravity works? Because Only if you tell, tell me how magnets work. Ooh, ooh. Oh, man. No, I yeah. can't. Oh, that, oh, yeah, by the way, everyone, catch us at The Gathering 2020. Ooh, ooh. The what? We're going to The Gathering. What's The Gathering? Yo! Everyone, I'm not going to tell him. Everyone has to DM him. DM Derek, Derek, at Derek in the Weeds, what the gathering is before he Googles it. Oh, man. Is this like the Rainbow Gathering? Oh, no. It's good. It's the gathering of the Juggalos. Oh, fuck. All right. So I promise that I, I won't look this up. DM me your information on Instagram because I want to know what you think about it. <laughs> All I know about the Juggalos is family. That's it. So. And Fago. I, so I don't know what that is. Don't tell me. Okay. All right. So so hit up my DMs. Blow me up. I think that's what the gathering of the Fago is all about. Oh, the man. guy who actually drove ICP's tour van is from my hometown, yeah. and it's called the Jugabego. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's like this Winnebago that's painted with like ICP shit all over the side. <laughs> is that the only one in town? Yeah. Okay. But like some of my buddy's dads have seen like them at Waffle Houses early in the morning. Like they're getting off work at the factory. So they stop at Waffle House for something to eat, and there's these dudes dressed like clowns at the table. And one of my buddy's dads goes up and like, man, what the fuck are y'all supposed to be? He's like, like, we're ICP. Like, you never heard of us? Like, y'all look like a bunch of queers. <laughs> he walked away like, damn, dude. I mean, what did you tell about it? Yeah. Well, they're not, they're not violent people. 
they're just fucking, you know, they're just a bunch of white trash rappers who made it. I mean, like, dude, they get cool people at the gathering, though. Like, they have, they've had Eminem show up before. Like, you know, they, it's, it's a night, it's, it's just like redneck Coachella, basically. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I know absolutely nothing about all that. There's a documentary about it too. Is there? Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about like the Rainbow Gathering. Which I don't even know if they still do the Rainbow no. Gathering. If, if you follow this dude on Instagram too, he just did a uh, this dude all gas no break show. He went to the Flat Earth Convention <laughs> and he did an interview with this dude. And a bunch of people were like, "Yo, that's a guy who got ran out of town for like touching like the use of tattoo artist." <laughs> and he, like for some reason, in all of his interviews came up like a bunch of flat earthers are into Zionism. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, they all believe that shit. Oh, it's wild. Crazy. So you gotta you gotta take the good with that. They're I, all... I still can't figure out how the water doesn't fall off the planet. So if you look at a plate, this is why a lot of them think the Earth is flat. Explains flooding. An orange. Pour water on it, goes around it. You pour water on a plate, it stays there. Flat Earth explained. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, service tension, it's the thing. Oh, yeah. But moving on between, beyond the, the government and uh, in flat and the Flat Earth conspiracies. Man, I won't be like Joe Rogan, though. I want to talk about conspiracies. Man, you don't smoke enough weed to be Joe Rogan. I don't. Not We're yet. We're doing a BMW. Not yet. Man, that fucking guy. So, so moving on into what's planned for next year. So I know you're you're uh, gonna be doing a career change here. I'm leaving the naval service after almost eight long years. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also leaving the naval service after 21 long years. So our bright idea is why get jobs? Fuck jobs. Fuck jobs. We've had real jobs, right? Everyone in America loves us. Right. So we decided that we are going to go on a cross-country trip uh, with a few people. One of my really, really good homies, April Dennison, who has ridden cross-country before the Babes Ride Out. Uh, one of the first ones before it became uh, a meme on Instagram. And then uh, our other buddy, Sean Thompson. And then, hey, whoever else wants to join, more than welcome to come. But, you know... If you're not down with whatever we're doing, that's fine. But, you know, it, it's just meant to be a fun trip out. Yeah, definitely along the way. Um, Two to three months. We'll, we'll be talking more about this as, as time goes on. But, you know, along the way, if, uh, you know, follow us. We'll be posting both of us on both of our accounts, you know, what's going on. And even if, you know, you can't ride all the way out to the West Coast with us, that's cool. Ride 50, 60 miles or, you know. Take Meet us up to your favorite us. bar. Yes, definitely take us to your favorite bar. and uh, Just don't know. paint my toenails and kill me. No, well, you know. But, yeah, so, if, you know, we meet up along the road. That would be awesome. Um, you know, uh, and I know I've taken a lot of, we talked about the, the cross-country thing because I haven't done it yet. The furthest I've ridden on a motorcycle is from uh, Norfolk, Virginia to Tampa, Florida. Pretty good miles. Though. I mean, it's not a bad trip, you know. By it's not bad at all. But you're you're pretty much staying in one climate. It just gets a little hotter as you go south. And yeah, I think 95 that, kind of sucks. Though. Yeah, it definitely sucks. It's like the same thing all the way down. It's like you watch, like, you know, from the trees we have up here to the pine trees to the palm trees. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how you know where you're at is when the trees change. Yeah, especially in South Carolina. 
Right. But yeah, man, like, I think if you can ride to the next town over, you can go cross country because it's all it is. If you think about it one day, because I was having this problem when I was about to leave, I was sitting on my fucking couch. And I'm like, fuck, man, I gotta ride to Mexico. It sucks. And I was like, you know what? Fuck, you just gotta make it to South Carolina today. You just gotta make it to Charleston or where the fuck I had to go. Um, you just gotta make it there. And uh, so I just got off my couch. Bike started second kick. All right, we're doing this. Got on, it dipped. And like, the rest was easy, especially when you have people with you, you know? I mean, for for better or for worse, like, I mean, a lot of things happen and they're all worthwhile. I don't know. I just, it made me want more. I guess. Right. But my body's kind of fucked up. So if I don't do it now, I'll never be able to do it in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, the biggest thing about it is, you know, it's, we, we see other people doing things that we want to do for ourselves. And there's a million reasons not to do it. You know, everybody's got reasons. Everybody's got responsibilities. Everybody's, everybody's got, got excuses. And excuses, right? Why they yeah. can't. But, you know, once you commit and, you know, don't don't think about it too much. Don't overthink it because you're just gonna talk yourself out of it. Right. You just gotta fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, like, it's okay to take a chance. Like, we people change their life careers at 60 years old. Why not? Right. Like, it's okay, especially when you're. I'm in my 20s. Like, it is oh perfectly okay for me to go out and do something outlandish and fuck up and move on to something else. Because right. chances are that was already was written out for me anyway. So I'm gonna have fun now. You know, if you do one thing for six months, every six months for the next five years and taste shit, you'll find out what you like eventually, right? And you'll be a much better person and much more well-rounded after that. So if it means taking a few months off to go and do it, and I know not everyone financially can do it, but like, it's not that expensive. No, I definitely don't think it's expensive. I mean, I've been on the road and, you know, there, there's obviously different ways you can travel. You can make it as expensive as you want. You yep. can blow through a lot of money. Yeah. But, you know, if you're if you're frugal and you're wise, you know, really you're only paying for gas and minimal sustenance. Yep. And you can get a long way on that. Oh, yeah. Go to a grocery store when you got to eat. When you got to camp. Stealth camp somewhere. It's free to camp in Walmart. Or sneak in and out of the KOA. <laughs> you know, do what you have to do to make it through, but, you know, it, it all works out. Everything works out. Yeah. As shitty as it all seems, it's never as bad as it really is. You know? I don't know. It's like, I had a lot of fun, but I didn't see it all. Especially, like, making a timeline. Like, the timeline thing was the hardest for me because, like, I know people. I, I have a lot of friends all over, so I wanted to stay with them longer. And it'd be nice to spend two to three days with my friends in certain cities. And this time we'll be actually hitting, I hope to hit 49 states this year, because we'll actually be hitting the Pacific Northwest, which I've never hit before. And if I hit all of those, then I'll hit uh, 49 states. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm lucky due to the Navy, I've been able to travel so much, and that's why I'm savvy with it. But like, I've been to six continents, like 20 something countries, and fucking. How many continents are there? Seven. So what are you missing? Antarctica? That's for fucking rich people, though. Right. It, like, costs, like, 15 grand to get to Antarctica. 
Is that even a continent? Have we proven that there's land there? Well, Earth's flat, so no. Right. Nah, and, you know, it's, it's funny for me is that I've actually been to more countries than states. Um, I've been all up and down the East Coast. I've been into a little bit of the Midwest, but not a lot. And I've been up and down the West Coast, but I haven't been to anything in between. Um, so, you know, for me, this is a chance to see things that I've never seen before. Uh, and I'm excited about that, you know. But yeah, legitimately, I don't know how many countries I've been to. I've, I've never figured it out. But uh, I think I've been to more countries than states. Yeah, man, it's fun. I'm like, I'm really lucky to have grown up with a mom who taught me how to be restless. Like, I think I'd really get my restlessness from her. She just put us in the car for a week and just take over wherever the fuck she She wanted to go places. So we were not getting a babysitter and we had no options. So she puts her ass in the car and takes us with us. Yeah. yeah, I do that with my kids. Yeah, you know, especially with the photography thing. Um, you know, and now they, they do it, you know, digitally. But when they were younger, I had little point-and-shoot film cameras that I'd give them, and I would just take them, you know, random places that I wanted to go see, and I thought that they should see. Um, you know, and, and yeah, that's that's a great way to raise kids. You know, and then they can grow up to be, you know. They grow up to run from their problems like and yeah. like not have to ever be yeah. anywhere. I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah, no one has problems. Hey, you know what? You change your phone number, all your problems go away. Right? I guess. So is the IRS. Hey, you know, they, they, they got tracked you down for this. You go bankrupt, you can do it once every seven years. Hey, Commander Chief, booyah. Oh, God, no way. No, that, that, we actually, you know how many times that dude's filed bankruptcy? Yeah. So, getting away from that, but, like, it's funny. We had these, not long lines of bankruptcy, but we had a, these dudes tried to run off of a ship in Australia. They tried to run away. They were fucking over it. And um, the government froze their bank accounts. Oh, shit. <laughs> so they couldn't spend any money? I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, because I uh, I had my sources. I was one of the journalists on the ship. I could find shit out. And then, um, well, this is how we all found out that they got caught, too. Is um, So when they ran out of money... They came back, and they were asking, they like they sat him down to NCIS, was like, well, what the fuck? What's going on, dudes? Like, what can you give us so we make your shit less? So, like, Leavenworth doesn't seem so bad for you. Which, Leavenworth is a vacation in the eyes of as far as prisons go. But one kid gave up a bunch of the people on the ship who were doing cocaine and steroids. Oh, people in the Navy don't do but, cocaine and steroids? What are you talking about? Oh, no, but this is hilarious because they were doing them at the same time and going and working out. So we just arrested all these fucking buff-ass dudes like <laughs> down in this one birthing. It's hilarious. One dude was sleeping with the steroid packet next to his head, too, like he had just done before oh, he went to bed. Yeah, man, that shit was awesome. That was like one of my that was like my first six months in the Navy, or my first like year in the Navy. First port call was Australia, and then I got to deal with that shit. Which port? Uh, Brisbane. Oh, Brisbane's pretty wild. Yeah, dude, Gold Coast, baby. Yeah. Yeah, man, saw a stripper pole that was like 40 feet. It was, dude, it was gnarly. It was like 30 feet in the air. Wow, I think I might have been there before. Yeah, dude, like it's legendary apparently, but like, dude, talent. That's talent. That is talent. My first uh, Australian visit was a place called Bunbury, which is a couple hours away from Perth. Uh, pretty small town. It was 
it was an interesting time. It was a good time, but uh, yeah, Australians are are a different breed. <laughs> Dude, I feel it. They fucking they just want to fight and uh, you know pet kangaroos, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. dude. Like, I'm pretty lucky to be 26 and doing all this shit, no matter how shitty it seems sometimes, but, you know, as is life. Wow. Yeah. So, with with the kind of closing the circle up on it, you know, project-wise, with, with your work, I know you do a lot of commercial work. Um, are you planning on continuing that when you get out of the Navy? Yeah. Plan on hustling some uh, some work. Um, I kind of maybe might be doing a book about if this trip comes to fruition. Uh, be doing a book about that. Um, I don't know. I don't want to plan anything out too far in advance because then I'll just be disappointed or be lying if it didn't happen. Right. But like, I want. I don't know. There's a lot of projects I want to do, but uh, I just really want to learn a lot more before I start trying to pump things out, I guess. Um, I'm lucky to have really good mentors, especially at Syracuse. Uh, I got to study under a guy named Gregory Heisler. If you don't know who that is, you should look up his work. He's had over 70 covers for Time Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. He's a legend. But, you know, and a lot of those guys are just doing, and one of his story really inspired me because he found a photographer he really wanted to work for. This is in the age where phones, you could tell how close somebody was based on how good the sound quality was. And he's in Kansas City. He calls him up. Hey, sir, I really want to work for you, blah, blah, He's like, no way, kid. Stay in your hometown. Like, don't come to me, blah, blah, And he's like, oh, wow, I talked to him. He must be, that must be, he likes me. <laughs> he flew to New York City and called him. And the guy's like, you sound close. Where are you at? And he's like, I'm in New York City. I'm at LaGuardia. And his wife, you can hear in the background, just invite them all, but just invite them all. But. And so Gregor, he's like, okay, kid, be here tomorrow at this time, and we'll we'll make it work. So Greg sleeps on a park bench in Times School, or in uh, um, Washington Park, probably. Probably Washington Park. He sleeps on a fucking park bench. And goes to meet this guy and ends up studying under him. A great, I can't remember the dude's name. He's a, one of the best portrait photographers of the 20th century. Portrait photographers. And so, I'll get his name for you later, but I really inspired Irving because Pan? Was, what? Irving Pan? No, not Irving Pan, but close. Wow. Um, anyway, it was like, you know, if you want it, like, you don't have to take no for an answer. Right. If someone tells you no, just say, okay, well, it, the thing is you need to find what they need. Yeah. You know? And not every in today's age, not everybody needs a photographer. They need other things. Right. So, I mean, I, I won't take no for an answer, and I think that's a good and bad personality trait that I have. <laughs> but it, it makes me seem come off really like uh, annoying and shitty to some people. But I mean, I do what I have to do to make sure my work is good. Right. And that's it. And you know. It's one of those weird things is the podcast is kind of just getting off the ground and, and I'm finally getting sort of serious about it. You know, so we're building an audience and most of the people I'm talking to have a way bigger following than than, than In the Weeds does, you know, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this, you know, but if anybody out there is listening that doesn't already know who you are and is checking out your work for the first time, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your work. 
because, uh, and, and not to embarrass you, you know, but I, I've been doing photography for a long time. I'm, you know, 41 years old. I've been a photographer since I was 16. And, you know, I'm by no means a master photographer, right? Like, I'm still learning every day, and I get inspired when I see other people's work. And there's a lot of, you know, younger photographers that are better than me. Age doesn't mean shit. Experience doesn't mean shit. Because you got to be able to see. And, and there's certain gifts that some people have that you can't teach. You can't learn. You, you know, you have to have... There's got to be a natural talent. And you can build off of that. Agreed. But there's got to be something there, right? Not everybody's creative. Not everybody can see light. Not everybody can, you know. And, and that's one of those things that I really respect about your work is that we live in the same area. We know the same people. And we shoot in the same location sometimes. And I'll look at my work and I'll look at your work and I'll just be like, fuck, man. Like, and it's not the gear. It's not the kit. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's capturing that moment. And being in the right place to get that light, and and your photos have this aromescence to them that is is something that, like I said, you can't teach somebody. And you know, I'm I consider myself like I, you know, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at, and I know my limitations because I've been doing it long enough, and I've worked really hard, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, you just have this knack for getting that angle, being the right distance getting the right, you know, composition and, and getting that light in the right place that it just like, like people just glow. And that's something I really respect about your work and, you know, something that I think you bring to photography and motorcycle photography, everybody brings their own thing to it, you know. Right. Everybody's got their own style and if you look at it long enough, you know, like I know one of Nico's photos when I see Nico's photos. I know one of Jeremiah's when I see Jeremiah's. I know one of Kyle's when I see his. You know, everybody's got their own signature to it and there's room for everybody and it's awesome. But if you're not familiar with, with Liam's work, go check it out. And you know, when it comes to somebody that can hustle for you and, and work for you, you know, Liam's a professional. Um, you hire him, you're gonna get the product that you want. You get me running around like a chicken with my head cut off for fucking however many hours, but like truth. And I've seen him work, so <laughs> this is endorsement. You know, like we're buddies and everything. We ride, and, and you know, he's called me annoying on this podcast, so I <laughs> know that he has no like. <laughs> oh man, no, I can, and I can. We can speak about that because I did. Me and Jeremiah, let's bring it up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, you know, me and Jeremiah were talking about that. That was before the Grundle and, and before a lot of shit that went down in summer. And I know that, you know, like before that, you were somebody that I knew. And, you know, mm-hmm. like we got along, we had a lot of shit in common, but we were right. more acquaintances than friends, right? Right. And, you know, like, yeah, there's, you know, mutual respect and everything like that. But, you know, you're a high strung motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Like, I'm extremely ADHD. Oh, my God. You know, and, and I am as well. Uh, but I'm also, you know, I've, learned, really, how to, yeah. I've learned how to harness it. And I make have it. it you know, like, like like Luke Skywalker and fucking turn the yeah. darkness into power, you know. But Yeah, dude, um, but, like, I'm, I'm young. So, like, I haven't, I just go at everything with, like, 110% full right. energy, which is not what every situation needs. No, but, you know, that's the thing, though, is that, like, when you get to know somebody, and that's the thing about the difference between somebody that you're just acquaintance with, and you shake hands, and you give a hug, and be like, hey, it's good to see you, and somebody that you've been on the road with, is that, you know, like, 
that that bond that you build when you ride with somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and, and your tolerance for their bullshit. And, you know, I've got my bullshit, too. You know, right. like, <laughs> you know, I know it sucks. I smoke like a motherfucker. So every time we stop, I'm smoking a fucking cigarette. You're smoking You're a cigarette while we're riding. If you had that windshield, you could do that. You know, like, and everybody's got that thing. But, you know, um, but yeah, you know, like, when we talked about that with us talking with Jeremiah, it's like, you know, but, but I also said, you know, I fucking love that guy. Like, because you and your energy, you know, helps keep people like me young. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, because, you know, we hang out and, and I got to keep up with you, you know, and I'm like, fuck yeah, you know, and that shit stokes me. It's, it's like skating. Yeah. Um, you know, and I suck and I've said it before on the podcast. I fucking suck. I'm terrible, you know, but like. I'm, all, I'm, I'm okay. You're all right. It's all right. <laughs> you're all right. You can vary your pressure flip. You're pretty good. I can't do that. <laughs> I just learned how to manual kickflip recently. And I was so hyped on that. Never did that before. You know, but but yeah, definitely. You know, like getting to know people and and you know, getting what you can from them, but also giving what you can. Yeah. Um, you I know, just want everyone to take. Yeah, I just want everyone to have a good time. But I, like, if you've never seen me full-fledged party mode, like, oh. <laughs> that's when... And I think that's when we bonded, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, like, the riding was cool and, like, hanging out in... We had a great fucking time in Maggie Valley. Yeah. <laughs> but, Ooh. you know, like, partying together and fucking that's where you get to know people, See, right? like, people have preconceived notions about people on the internet. Like, I've had... And I do not have that big of a following. And Instagram doesn't mean fucking shit all about who you are as a person. Cause you, you like it's marketing at the end of the day, and like, you know, we have these preconceived notions about people on the internet. I've had dudes come, but man, I was so scared to talk to him. Like, dude, I'm like half your age. I knew like half the shit you do. Like, w like I'm a normal person. I swear to God. I yeah, I'm super strong all the time. But like, just come and talk to me. Like, I'm like, I like to think that I'm a nice dude for the most part. But like, just come and talk to me. Let's hang out. Yeah, and um. I've had, you know, people take videos of me and not fucking talk to me ever. <laughs> and tag me in them and post them up. It's like, that's fucking weird. That is a little like, weird. Yeah, but like, I just want everyone to party. Like, you know, I have my core group of party friends. And like, I think uh, the reason, the, when I found out that party mattered was the second Grundle Run that I made it to somehow. My buddy Steve and I loaded my bike up from Cincinnati into the back of his truck. Yeah. He just drove. He was like, yeah, we're fucking going. He was just going to drop me off in Tennessee. This dude drove. We drove the whole way to Georgia. And then uh, got there, got out the truck. And then someone, I think it was Miles, uh, either Miles or Zach, handed me a beer. And we just got to fucking party at 8 a.m. I hit her at 10 a.m. And then from there, I met my super good friends, April. I met... Hannah, I met her her girlfriend Julie. Um, who else? I met Becky. Wait, was Becky there? No, Becky wasn't there. This is yeah. Becky. Becky wasn't there. I met um, who, uh, I met my friend Laurel. Um, uh, who else? There's and I'm sorry if I'm forgetting you right now because I love you, but I would yeah. It's I'm horrible with names. If you already know me. Um, oh, Kristen Lassen, met her too, who's a really good friend of mine now too. Like, I just, I, 
I don't know, man. And like a lot of those people we had Thanksgiving that year with yeah. in, in the mountains of North Carolina. And that's where that famous photo of Becky came up uh, holding her possum. A uh, a Budweiser and an AR-15. That is the best picture ever. Yeah, that was the most American photo I've ever taken. And I'm surprised we didn't get arrested because we were just shooting that thing <laughs> and like semi-auto into like at like, some cows. It's fucking Tennessee. You ain't never no, we were in fucking Budfuck. Yeah, we were in Budfuck, North, North Carolina. And then as soon as we started firing, we're like, damn, that was loud. Like, mm-hmm. we probably shouldn't have done that. And then we just hear another neighbor start firing their guns, too. Like, I got one, too. All right, we're in the clear. Yeah, our buddy Cody Cody from Indianapolis was up with us. Um, and, yeah, man, it's just, like, it's funny where life takes you once you meet these people. Right. You know? Like, in a few, in, like, a week or two, I'm going to go see April April and all my buddies in uh, Nashville. You know, Zach, my, one of my best friends, Steven, at Beer Mosa. Love yeah. that dude to fucking death. So you're talking about Nashville Zach, man? No. Or, I'm talking about Zach Estelli. Florida Zach. Okay, alright. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. see him. He's moving to California soon. Yeah. So it's probably one going to... I hope it's not, but one of the last times that I see him. I don't think it'll be the last time. I don't think it will. We're going to be in California, so... Oh, uh, you know, I mean, like, until he moves, you right. know. Right. But yeah, man, like, I love my homies. Um, they've done a lot for me. Whether it's answer my stupid questions or uh, give me advice when I'm being an idiot or like just help uh, gas each other up, you know. Definitely. Especially a uh, uh, big thanks to uh, Mark Kirkland uh, out in uh, Arizona. He's been a huge help with like just keeping my mind focused when it comes to photography and everything. And uh, he fucking rules, dude. Yeah, that shit's legit. Yeah, I love his work. And um, he's a good person too. And um, some friend uh, radio at Ono Radio on Instagram. She's fucking rad. Um, really like good person to talk to. Whatever like you know uh, about motorcycles or just like life in general. Um, and she's introduced me to a lot of people when it comes to like marketing my product and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, sure. dude. I don't know what else I got after that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Told you my life story, I think. Yeah, I think we did all the shout-outs. I'm sure we could, we could shout-out some yeah, more. Yeah, man, I just like shouting people out because, uh, yeah, fuck it, why not? No, why I mean, that's, that's what I'm about, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of the people we've talked about, I've met, and I can say that, you know, I, I echo everything you say, so there's no reason to say it again. Um, you know, it, it's, it's an incredible time to be around people that love motorcycles yeah that's all i can say you yeah. know and and if, if you're sitting at home and you're you know you haven't done it yet and you're thinking about doing it get yeah. off your ass and do it nobody Fuck. cares what bike you have Man. nobody cares how fucking cool you are uh i don't know i don't know i don't i'm not good with ending things no so. i'm not either no no we just keep it going